This is the Impact Church Podcast. Here at Impact, we believe a powerful word at the right time can help you overcome any challenges you are facing. Wherever you are listening or whatever you're going through, we pray this message speaks exactly to your need. Enjoy. All right, so we're looking at Ruth, the first chapter. I'm going to read verses 3 to 5, and this is going to be from the God's Words translation. Again, I want you to listen for the word of the Lord. I'm so thankful for each one of you. For those of you who are streaming, please do not kick back. You're supposed to be uh, pressing in, entering in, and taking this seriously. Do not multitask. I need you to hear me. I need you to be sitting, listening for the word of the Lord. It is something to discipline yourself when you're streaming. Something that uh, that is very difficult because you can do so many things when you multitask. But give God the same attention as if you were here in the house. Somebody say amen. And so this is the word of the Lord, and I will move quickly. Those of you who have heard me in the past, you know I'm from the north. I've been south enough that I should have slowed down, but I haven't. So you would just have to keep up with me and thank God for um, that the word is available to you even after I'm gone. Now, Naomi, husband, Emelech, died, and she was left alone with her two sons. Each son married a woman from Moab. One son married a woman named Orpah, and the other son married a woman named Ruth. They lived there for about 10 years. Then both Malan and Chilion died as well. So Naomi was left alone without her two sons or her husband. If I had to use a title for this familiar story, what I say about familiar stories is you may have heard it, but you haven't heard it from me. But if I had to use a title, don't lose your vision. Don't lose your vision. Don't lose your vision. At some point in your life, I need you to understand, you will have to come face to face with a crisis, with a storm, with a wilderness. You're going to have to at some point in your life. And every crisis and every storm and every wilderness has a goal, has an agenda, and has a motive. I need you to hear me. Every storm, every crisis, every wilderness has a goal, has a motive, has an agenda. Now, when the enemy, let me know if I'm going too fast for you. When the enemy is behind the crisis, it comes to try you. It comes to upset you. It comes to challenge you. It comes to paralyze you. It comes to upset you, to derail you, and to take you off course. When the enemy is the one who's behind the storm, did you hear what I said? It comes to take you off course. It comes to distract you from your assignment. It comes to keep you from fulfilling the call and purpose that God has for your life. Look at me for one moment. Streaming people, hear me clearly. The only reason why you did not die is because your assignment is not up. I need you to hear me today. It is not about salvation any longer. Once you get saved, you could go home to be with the Lord. You have fire insurance already. That went over the top of your head right there. It is now about completing a God-given purpose and an assignment that keeps you here. So the goal of the enemy, if he could not keep you from getting saved, is now to keep you from fulfilling what God created you to fulfill. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, before you were born, God knew you, wired you, gave you talents, gifts, ability, personality. And the goal of the enemy is, if I could not keep you from getting saved, let me keep you tripped up. Let me keep you falling. We fall down and we get up. We fall down and we get up. And as long as you keep falling, God can't keep using you. 
But the Bible says now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. So the goal of the enemy and the motive of the enemy and the assignment of the enemy is to derail you. But when God allows, somebody say God, when God allows you to go through a crisis, it is never designed to destroy you. It is never designed to destroy you. It is designed to strengthen you. It is designed to develop you. It is designed to mature you. It is designed to prepare you for your assignment. And the problem is, is that we want God to deliver us from, instead God wants to take you through. Oh, you weren't ready for this after Turkey, were you? You wanted me to preach something cute, didn't you? But I got a reason for why God gave me this word for you, and you will know in just a moment. See, your reaction to any crisis, your reaction to any storm, your reaction to any wilderness indicates your level of faith. The Bible talks about different levels of faith. No faith, little faith, much faith, and great faith. Look them up. No faith, little faith, much faith, great faith. And the Bible talks all about that. See, I have found, Dr. Don, I have found that it is easy to preach the word and not live it. Easy to quote the word and not live it. Easy to sing the word and not live it. Easy, come on, come on, come on, to read the word and not walk it out. I, I, I've watched because many times we think because we know scripture, you don't know that you know. The pandemic should have showed you where your level of faith was, where you thought you had faith. The pandemic showed you right where you were really. Somebody say for real. See, your reaction to your crisis reveals your strength and it reveals your weaknesses. Uh, your reaction to your crisis will either make you better or it will make you bitter. I need you to know words like trial and temptation and refining and testing are used over 200 times in the Bible. Over 200 times God talked about trying you and testing you and refining you and putting you through uh, the fire. How many of you know pure gold has been tried in fire. Oh, you want that cheap gold. 14 carat is not the real deal. 14 carat still has impurity. When you go through the fire and you go to become pure gold, all the impurities are brought out. And pure gold is very bendable, pliable. And see, until you are pliable in the hands of God, you are not there yet. As long as you have an attitude and you want to challenge God and you think that you know best and you want to have a form of godliness, you need to stay in the fire. They won't want me back. See, God is always watching. I, I need you to know in the midst of everything and even this new variant, God is still on the throne. That is why we cannot afford, I don't care how many booster shots you get, you need to understand God is still on the throne and, and you need to understand that God is still testing and God is still refining and God is still purifying our motives, our agenda. God is still going to have a church without spot or wrinkle. He's still going to have a church. He's not looking for a hoochie bride. He's looking for a church. He's looking for a bride, a bride that is pure, a bride that is holy. This is not a form of, uh, uh, this is not a denomination, but a way of life, holiness. Holiness. We don't talk about holiness. We don't talk about sin. But God is still on the throne and he is going to cause us to have to look up. 
not for a stimulus package. So God is always, he's always watching how we respond to people, how we respond to problems, how we respond to success, how we respond to conflict, how we respond to illness, how we respond to death, how we respond to disappointments, how we respond to delayed promises, how we respond to unanswered prayers. God is looking to see how we respond. And as we approach the end of this year and reposition ourselves for the next year, I asked God, what is my assignment? And he said, I need you to tell my people, don't lose your vision. Don't lose your vision. Do not allow the storms in the crisis to blur your vision. Do not allow the fact that some of us couldn't have handled the isolation, the insulation, the being this and the being that. And you came into 2021 and you thought with a happy new year, everything was going to go back to normal. This is a new normal. It may never go back to that old normal because God doesn't want the old. God is looking for new. Behold, I do a new thing. And the problem is a new thing, just like uh, 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 when um, 9-11, we have never, ever gone back. That changed some things forever. And the pandemic has changed some things forever. Now, we were in the back talking about three types of people in the church. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't, I don't know which one I am. I'm about to tell you. Because there are three types of people in the church, and we've got to get comfortable as pastors with all three. Number one, there are the people who will come back because they are warm and fuzzy and they need to touch you. They are the people who recognize that there's something about us gathering. That's why the corporate anointing is so important. That's why the Bible said don't fail to gather. Why? Because there's something about the synergism and the corporate anointing and the corporate worship that you can't get from home. I thank God for technology. If Jesus were here, he would be using technology. But it never replaced gathering. And if we can gather for everything else, we can gather in the house. But there will be people who will gather. So you have come and you are gathered. And we praise God for you who gather. But then there are the other group. There are the group that will determine which week they're going to gather. So you got to know that one week is going to look like this. And then another week is going to look like Jesus came and you were left behind. Because it's going to be just a small number of people. That's the time when they decided to turn over in bed and watch you. So they're going to be the people who have one foot at home and one foot in the church. And, and no matter what you say, we missed you last week. And they're going to go, well, Pastor, I saw you. And they're not going to feel any, any kind of way about it. So you're going to have people who will gather every week because they need to touch you. They need to touch each other. We praise God for that. Then they're going to be the people who touch you when they feel like it. First and third, second and fourth, stay home on the fifth. Yeah, those are the people. They're going to gather when they feel like it. Then there's going to be the group who will always, now that they've gotten comfortable, they will always be your internet people. They will always be your church, your, 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 your e-church. They'll always be. And we praise God for you. And you will reach people and thousands of people that you would never have reached. And so we praise God for you. The thing is, we need you to understand that you are connected to this church in every way, shape, and form. So the fact that you stay home does not mean that you do not press in. You've just got to know how to keep them connected. So there are three types of people. But God told me to come this morning and tell you, whichever one you are, don't lose your vision. The book of Ruth is the book of 
uh, a story about three different women who all went through the same thing. Now, I am going to do something that I tell young ministers not to do. I tell young ministers never to say, you know the story. Because we are coming up and we've come up in times where people don't know the story. We, we, we're coming up in times where at one point everybody went to church. Then when parents stayed home, they sent you to church. Then they started giving you the option if you want to go to church. Then everybody stopped going to church. So when we say you know the story, they don't know the story. But because I cannot, in the time I have, give you the entire story, I'm, going to give, I'm only going to give you a short version because of the emphasis is your vision. Your homework assignment, Pastor Mona, because you, as a teacher, you, you understand homework assignments are very important. You need to always be checking out what anybody says. You should never put your brain on park and get so lazy that you take the word of a man or a woman. But you have a Bible. You have the word. You need to be checking me out no matter which way it goes. So your homework assignment is to read the book of Ruth, to fill in the gaps because I can't fill them in for you in the time that I have. Somebody say amen. Okay, a streaming audience, I didn't hear you. Three women all had the same thing happen to them. Their husbands died. So here are three women who all had the same thing happen, but they all handled it differently. And I need you to understand the pandemic happened to all of us, but we all handled it differently. Some people had meltdowns. Some people could not handle the fact that they were insulated and isolated and could not touch other people. Some people were able to, 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 to take it and run with it and they started businesses and they were able to go to the next level. Everybody didn't go down. Everybody didn't go through. There are some people who were holding on to God's unchanging hand to the point that God changed them. There were some people God opened doors for them because they did not look at, uh, at what they could see. They looked at what God could do through them. And that is why it is important for you to have a vision. That is why God said, don't lose your vision. Because we're going to look at all three women. And all three women had different visions. Are you with me? Now, we're looking at three women, but this is not about women. This is about the fact that there is a spiritual principle here. See, a vision is like an anchor. It will keep you moving forward regardless to whatever storm you're in. A vision is like an anchor for those of you who are taking notes. It will keep you. A, a, an anchor keeps you steady. So even though you may be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in your season, your leaves won't wither whatsoever. Do you prosper even when the storm is rising and you may be bending? You don't break. You don't give up because you're anchored. The pandemic should have anchored us, but everybody handled the pandemic differently. Everybody went through differently and everybody has a different testimony. So we're going to look at the first woman, Orpah, because she had no vision for her future. Listen to the word of God coming from Ruth, the first chapter, verse number eight. Are you with me? Am I going too fast for you? Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-laws, go back. Each of you should go back to your mother's home. Look up for a moment. This is Naomi initially telling them, I don't have anything for you. I don't have a vision for you. I need you to go back. Go back to where you came from. The problem was where they came from, they were heathens. Connecting with Naomi gave them God, gave them relationship. 
When you don't have a vision of a future and all you can see is where you are, you will think about going back. And once you think about going back, come on, look at me. You still know how to get high. Look at me. You know how to roll a joint. Look at me. You still know what you used to drink. Look at me. You still know how to go back to doing what you used to do. You know what? I, I wish I had some real people in this house. Let me speak to my internet people. Because nobody knows. Uh, uh, you could be shaking your head because you can remember. And for some of you, it was just last night. See, when you have no vision, you cannot see beyond your pain. When you have no vision, you have no expectation of life. Uh, you, 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 all you can see, your vision is so blurred. The enemy has convinced you all there is is what you're going through right now. You have no hope for the future. One of the things that uh, Dr. Don just said is that Pastor Mona and Dr. Don and I were both life coaches. We're all life coaches. And we coach under the same organization. And under the, Brenda Chan, if you remember, the one thing that she always told us was as coaches, we are to give hope. Because once you lose hope, faith is the substance of things. Okay, over here, I heard you, but I didn't hear anything over here. I don't know what's going on over here. Thank you. See, when you lose hope, that's how people get up. Nobody wakes up and says, this is a good day to commit suicide. But when you lose hope, when the enemy convinces you, it'll never change. Nobody wakes up and just says, this is a good day to kill myself. But when you lose hope, Orpah had no hope, no plans, no goals, no dreams. If you do not have a dream, it will not be happy new year. It'll just be another year. And see, you should be pregnant with something, something that you're supposed to birth, something that you're supposed to do, something that you're supposed to accomplish, regardless to what's going on with the economy, who's in the White House, who's on Wall Street. God is on the throne. Oh, I didn't get very many claps on that one. Or did you think that the president was the one in control? So look at what it says here. Verse number 14 and 15, the first chapter of Ruth, for those of you who are taking notes. Then they began to cry loudly again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth held on to her tightly. Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back, back into the world, back to happy hour, back to getting high, back to doing what she was doing. Don't be looking, that, that's Gaither version, okay? You, you. That was Gaither version. Got it? Gone back to her people and to her God. Go back with your sister-in-law. In other words, because Naomi didn't have a vision. But we're talking about Opa now. Opa did not have a vision of a preferred future. All she could see was where she was right then. And there are some of you right here now. You don't have a vision for 2022 because you're stuck in 2021. You need a coach. That's what a life coach will do for you to get you unstuck. But you don't have a vision. You're still stuck in your pain, stuck in your disappointment, stuck in what didn't go right, stuck in what happened last year, 10 years ago, five years ago. You've not learned how to move forward. You don't have a vision of the future. So 2022 will be no different than 2021, 2020, 2018, 2017. Because you are stuck. Your vision is blurred. 
And I am here to challenge you. Some of you, God has promised you some things. And because this is November, you don't believe that God can do it. Do you know this is not December 31st? You have already thrown in a towel. You have already minimized God. You've already taken him off the throne. He is able to do abundantly above what you can dare ask or think. He is the great I am. You don't quote it. You don't sing it. You live it out. Some of you, God is positioning you so in the first quarter, you walk into your destiny. But you don't have a vision. The enemy has stolen your vision, stolen your dreams, stolen your goals, and you have nothing. You might as well be the walking dead. The Bible says an orphan went back. I don't know who I'm talking to. Could be talking to you, streaming audience. And because she went back, we never hear another word about her. Because when you go back, God can't use you. When you go back, God cannot get the glory. When you go back, the devil is the one who accuses you before God. You saved them. You shed your blood for them. But they went back. How many people gave their heart to God, gave their hand to this woman of God and this man of God? And now when life happens, they're no longer here. Because the enemy wants you to go back. And pain will always cause you to go back. Oh my gosh, you are asleep. Pain will always cause you to go. All of us have friends. Friends who have gone back. Back to what they used to do. Have you ever been gone back to the neighborhood over the holidays or, uh, or a high school or college reunion or something? And some of these people are still talking, acting like, like they were back doing the same thing they were doing 25 years ago, stuck, stuck in the stuff, stuck in stupid the stuff. Come on now. Life has progressed. People have progressed and they're still stuck in the past doing the same thing. Pain will cause you to go back to the familiar. It'll cause you to go back to the things you knew how to do, the things that got you through. He is the lifter of your head, not alcohol, not a relationship. Not getting high, not running from here to there, not relocating, knowing that God, wherever you go, let me say this, I will put a comma here. Spirits have no territory. You cannot run from Atlanta thinking that you are getting deliverance when the spirits are going to follow you wherever you go. You need deliverance, not relocation. Oh, they don't want me to come back. Number two, Naomi lost her vision, so Orpah didn't have a vision. Naomi lost her vision for the future. The author, uh, Helen Keller, uh, who was a wonderful, wonderful author, but she was blind. And she made this statement, Helen Keller, you can look her up too. She made this statement. I don't know what is worse, to be blind and unable to see or to have sight, but no vision. I don't know what is worse. To be blind and unable to see or to have sight, but no vision. See, Naomi was consumed by her grief. She was consumed by her sorrow, by her despair. Let's be honest. Lots of us have lost people. But grief is a spirit. 
Spirits have to be cast out. If you don't watch it, we can go through the normal grief, the normal sorrow, the normal despair. But then the enemy wants it to so consume you that it controls you, that it paralyzes you, that it shuts down. It's almost like shutting down your immune system to the point that you are brokenhearted and you're tormented by the memories, by the things. All of us understand what it's like to lose someone. And there is a season and you've got to get to the other side and you've got to be able to know that there is life after grief, after sorrow, after despair. And so you get angry and you get frustrated because now you have no vision. She lost her vision for the future, which is why she can say, go back. I don't have anything for you. I don't even have anything for myself. Because she was hurt, wounded. And what the enemy wants is that what happened? Some people lost homes. Some people lost loved ones. Some people right now, you, you got married and you said, I do, but now you are so low and you never thought you would be. Uh, you lost your home. You lost your this. You lost your that. You've been going here. You've been going there. Sickness and disease, whatever it is, don't lose your vision, your vision of being healed, your vision of, of, of being able to get to the next level. What did God promise you? Because if you do not have a promise, if you do not have a dream, if you do not have a goal, that is why we have to tell you to lift up your hands because if you have a dream you're lifting up your hands saying God I believe you I may not see it I'm calling those things that be not as though they were I am standing on the promises of God it may not be today but God you promised me and you're not a man that you should lie or the son of man that you should repent what you said you've got to get what you promised me is yay and amen but you've got to know the word and you've got to hold on to your vision. You cannot let circumstances, you cannot let uh, 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 the society and every storm and every crisis and the fact that there's lack. You may have lacked the day, but he is our shepherd and you shall not want. You've got to call those things that be not as though they were. You've got to stand and having done all to stand, stand. But when you lose your vision, it is hard to stand when you don't know how to stand. And that is why you have to be pressed in because you cannot live off an old word. See, too many of us, I've been saved a long time, but that has nothing to do with now. The enemy is coming after your now. You need a proceeding word from God. What is a proceeding word? A right now word. Not the word from last year, five years ago, but a word that says, lead me, guide me today. A word that says, what do I do today? You're not living off of old food from last week. So why do you think that you can go a whole week, a whole month, a whole year without pressing into God? You are weak and the enemy is coming after your faith. You don't have enough word on the inside of you to ground you, to hold you. So when you get an evil report that you have cancer, you go to pieces, yet Cancer has to bow its knee to the name of Christ, but you don't have any word on the inside of you. You lost your vision. He is Jehovah Rapha, but you don't know that because you don't have any word on the inside of you. Then there was Ruth. One had no vision, lost her vision. Then there was Ruth, who had a vision for her future. If you look at chapter number two and chapter number three, you will find that Ruth said, you know what? I cannot stay down. I cannot stay defeated. I cannot stay in grief and sorrow. Somebody's got to get a job. And I'm not going to go into detail, but you will find that Ruth says, I got to find a job. Let me just tell you something. Everywhere, I, I, I got a challenge when people have signs of, I will work. Well, work then. Right now, everybody's hiring. We cannot stay stuck. 
stuck in grief, stuck in sorrow, stuck in this, stuck in that. It is time now to rebound. Somebody say rebound. When you know that you have the presence of the Holy Spirit, when you know that you have the power of the Holy Spirit, when you know that the greater one lives on the inside of you, you do not go without a vision. You don't lose your vision. You are now in the very center of the will of God. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will lead you, guide you, direct you, correct you, show you things to come. You are never without power. Ruth said, I've got a vision of my future. See, your ability to overcome is based upon how you see your situation. If you see it as over, the, I, I, I'm, I'm challenged by people. Let me just say this to you. It is not that you're better. It is not that, you, that, that, that you're more spiritual. But if you're around people who have one foot in the grave, you need to choose a new inner circle. If you're around people who cannot get past their pain, one of the things I have learned is that people who are going through always gravitate for, towards other people who are going through. And as long as we're going through, we're never coming out. I need you to gravitate towards some person who has come out and can show you how to come out. Somebody who got over, somebody who, 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 who may have gone down, but they know how to get up again. They know how to rise again. I don't need you around people who are stuck and want to stay stuck. See, you are too strong to let the devil kill you. Come on now. You've been through too much to let the devil destroy you. You've made too many sacrifices to let the devil rob from you. Who am I talking to in this house? You need to understand this is not the time for you to lose the vision. This is the time for you to get your second win, flex and come up. You need to say, I went down, but you should have killed me before I got here today. Because now that I got my second wind, now that I hear what I'm supposed to do, now that I know that there's life after this and life after that, life after divorce, life after bankruptcy, life after this doesn't matter how long you've been standing you cannot throw in the towel the devil has a strategic plan in every situation he is counting on you being sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired so I want to give you five declarations of a vision five declarations very quickly number one we need a vision that can stand in the midst of a storm. You need a vision that can stand in the midst of a storm. Isaiah 43rd chapter, verse number two, the message Bible, this is for it. Isaiah 43rd chapter, <clears throat> verse number two. I'm giving you five declarations of a vision. Isaiah 43rd chapter, verse number two. This is the message Bible. When you're in over your head, I'll be with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I am your God. When you know who you are and when you know that he watches over his word, when you know he is the promise keeper, the way maker, the lift your head, the rock of your salvation, you need to have a vision that can stand in the midst of a storm. Number two, you need a vision that can stand up to reality. Up to reality. Hebrews 4, verse 14 to 16. This is the NIV version. Hebrews 4, verses 14 to 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we possess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. 
but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy, find grace to help in our time of need. Look up. In other words, you don't ever have to go, but you don't understand. You don't know what I'm going through. When Jesus came, he took on flesh so that he would be familiar, acquainted with every tear, every pain, every frustration, every disappointment, every discouragement, everything that you are dealing with, wrestling with. Your heavenly father, the son, came and he is aware, aware of everything, aware of everything that's going on. He says, that's why you can come boldly. That's why, come on, you can come to the altar, but if you don't alter your life, we keep coming to the altar, but we never alter our lives. He is here to give you the strength to be able to endure, to be able to walk through, to be able to recover from, to be able to know without a shadow of a doubt that God is with you, that God is for you, that God is more than the world against you. You have a savior. If you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did not say, we're not in the fiery furnace. They said, we know he's able. And if he doesn't, we still won't bow. In other words, we're not going to bow. We, we admit where we are. We're going through. So, so once you admit where you are, the reality is I'm going through, but I am going through, but I'm not going down. You've got to be able on your worst day. Every day I have to tell my body, line up. I've got to tell my mind, you've got the mind of Christ. I've got to be able to say, we're not going through depression today. That is not even an option. I speak to my mind. I speak to my body. I speak to my circumstance. I speak to my situation. We're not going there today. We're not going down today. I don't have a reason to be depressed. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Number three, you need a vision that can trust the plan of God. You need a vision that can trust the plan of God. Now, we always talk about Jeremiah 29 and 11, but I want to read a little bit more of Jeremiah 29 and 11 through 14. Listen for the word of the Lord, NIV version. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. There goes that word hope again. And a future. See, when you lose your vision, you don't see a future. Then you will call upon me. See, something God is allowing because you're not calling upon him. You're not calling upon him. You try to get answers from everybody who doesn't even have the answer. What can the person in the cubicle next to you tell you and they don't even know Christ? Why are you getting opinions from man and not from the one who knows everything? He's omniscient, all-knowing. He knows whether you're going to be here to see Christmas and New Year's. He knows what the enemy has planned for you. Call upon him and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You need to understand that God says, while you're yet calling, I've already heard you. You don't, you need to understand that you do not serve a dead God. You do not serve a God that's a part of your mind. This is not new age. This is not Muhammad. He's dead. Buddha, he's dead. Confucius, he's dead. But you serve the living God who says, while you're yet calling, I've already heard you. My eyes run to and fro on behalf of you. I'm alive. I am living. I am intimately acquainted with you. 
You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Could it be that the reason why that you have not seen the manifestation is that you still think it's optional? Like the deer pants for the water, you're not seeking him with all your heart. You only seek him when you need something right then and there. God says, I'm not a sugar daddy. I'm not big papa. I'm not big daddy. I am your source. I am your savior. I am your redeemer. How dare you only seek me when you need something? Number four, and I've only got one more after this. We need a vision that will, that believes in the power of God. We need a vision that believes in the power of God. Psalm 61, verse 1 to 4. New King James Version, Psalm 61, verse 1 to 4. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, when I've done everything I can do, when, when life seems to be taking me out, when, when I can't seem to see anything but what I'm going through, overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. Lead me to the rock. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. In other words, God, you have been my, my savior, my redeemer, when I didn't know how I was going to make a way. Sometime we get amnesia. I'm talking to somebody out there streaming. You need to go back and look at your track record with God. You need to go back and see what God did for you in 2005 and 2010 and 2015. And when you didn't know how to make a way, God opened doors. And when you thought it was over, God made a way out of no way. You need to look back on where God brought you from. And then you will not have amnesia. Because the same God that brought you through that is the same God that will bring you through this. Oh, I didn't get very many amens. Is it that you don't have a track record? Is that every time God tried to take you forward, you go backwards? Is the fact that you thought it was you, your job, your networking, your degree? Or did you think that it was just osmosis? It was God who was the keeper. It was God who was the way maker. It was God who was the lifter of your head. It was God who was the rock of your salvation. And my fifth one and final one. We need a vision that will not waver regardless to the outcome. We need a vision that will not waver regardless to the outcome. Hebrews 10, 23, New King James Version. Let us hold fast our confession of our hope. There goes that word hope again. Without wavering, let us hold fast the confession of our hope, of our vision, of our dream of our expectation without wavering for he there'd be one thing if it was your husband your wife your boss but for he who promised is faithful this is not the time god told me to tell you hold on to your vision for you to be double-minded i don't care that you've been standing confessing believing stomping doing spiritual gyrations in the end Hold on to your faith. Vision and faith go together. Hold on to your vision. Hold on to your faith. I want to close giving you what keeps me. I want to close telling you what has helped me. I want to close telling you what is going to keep me until I close my eyes this side. I have a vision. 
have a vision of hearing well done. I, I, I got a vision of having fought a good fight, of having finished my course, of having kept my faith. I got a vision of me prostrated and him saying, well done, good and faithful. The vision of being in his presence, uh, the vision of hearing him say, well done, the vision of knowing where he's brought me from, that is what keeps me so that I plant my vision is to hear well done. My vision is to be prostrated. My vision is to know that there are crowns because I have stood and having done all to stand, I stand. So my vision of hearing well done is what keeps me. Stand to your feet because I want to know what is your vision. I want to know what's keeping you. I want to know what it is that you're believing for. I want to know what it is that, that is holding you in place. Because if you don't have a vision, if you don't have a vision, then the enemy has already got you. You're just a walking dead. Something should be leaping on the inside of you. Every man and woman, this is, we're, we're talking about spiritual pregnancy now. Something that you know that you've got to do, you've got to be, you've got to have, you've got to complete for the kingdom of God. You have to have a vision. Or else, happy new year is just another year. And if the devil can steal your vision, have a blurred vision. If he could keep you with no vision, if he could keep you in pain, where the enemy convinces you this is as good as it gets. David said, I would have fainted. I would have lost hope. I would have thrown in the towel if I did not believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I have to have a vision that even if I'm going through, I'm coming out. Father God, in the name of Jesus, lift up your hands towards the Lord. For those who have no vision, God, would you impregnate them with vision dreams? Would you, God, let them know that they're still here, there's still purpose, there's still destiny beyond their pain, beyond their disappointment, beyond their distress, beyond their grief, beyond their sorrow, beyond what they've gone through and what they're dealing with. Let them know, God, that you are with them, you are for them, that you have not allowed the enemy to take them out. For those, God, who have blurred vision because they cannot see past their pain, like Naomi. God, we thank you now that even with Naomi, God, you blessed her in her latter years. And God, we give you praise and glory that those who have a blurred vision, may the word of God that was preached today bring them 2020 vision. Help them to be able to see beyond how they feel and beyond what it looks like. Help them, God, to move forward, not based upon past. Let them know, God, that their future is not based upon the failures and the pain and everything that the enemy would try to use. For those who have vision like Ruth, let them know that destiny requires them to keep moving. Let them know, God, that, that, that generations are depending upon them to stay in position, to birth what God has called them to birth. Father, we know that Jesus came through Ruth, through the lineage of Ruth. Ruth had Obed, Obed had Jesse, Jesse had King David, and Jesus comes generationally later. But because Ruth did not give up and go back like Opal, because she didn't lose her vision like Naomi, but she stood, God, you blessed her, and you have her in the genealogy of Jesus. Now, Father, you have called each one of us out of darkness into the marvelous light. And you have called us a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a peculiar people. So God, impregnate us all with vision, with dream, with goals, and help us to press in, God, until we can hear, well done, good and faithful, in Jesus' name.